0: Have you ever accidentally drawn on your dry erase board with a permanent marker? To correct your mistake, simply draw over your marking with a dry erase marker. Now wipe, and it's gone. In the event that you only have 10 seconds to live and you need to peel a hard boiled egg, simply peel off the ends and blow. And then go find it. All right, I will be using that. Uh, hey, I wanna welcome everybody. If you don't feel welcome already, I hope you feel like if this is your first go at church, maybe, maybe you're even returning. Uh, maybe you're from uh, out of state visiting our beautiful region of the world. Welcome to paradise. Uh, we're glad that you're here, wherever you come from. Uh, we're launching a brand new series. We do our weekends together in series format, so we really know what's going on. We wanted to talk about some of the main questions a lot of us are like, I, you know, I get, I get some of the things the Bible says and, and a little bit about God, but, but I have a lot of, a lot of how-to questions. I, in fact, perhaps the most questions I ever get are, David, I, I got this. I know I know what's true, but, but how do I, and then there's a personal story behind it, on how do I actually do this or that? And so we're going to go through that for, for this uh, next couple months. We're going to talk about different how-to's. Um, so all of us need to pay attention. Because you may feel like, you, you got this. You got this, but, but maybe you don't have it as well as you think you might, or maybe, maybe you need to help coach it in someone else's life. So I don't know what you do when you don't know how to do stuff. Uh, personally, I go to YouTube. YouTube is, is like an incredible instructor that you never had. Some of us go to college. I, I even went and did graduate work. And then YouTube happened. I'm like, why did I do any of that? It's a lot cheaper if I had just gone to YouTube. And, and if, you, if you've never used this, I am here to give you a great gift, YouTube. Uh, if you don't know how to do something, if you're like, okay, let's talk, let's talk house, okay? And you got something broken, or you need to do something in or around where you reside. Or let's say you have a vehicle. If you did not know this, you can just type in the search little section, how do you, whatever, and there's a video on how to do it. You're not, okay, so, so my father is a great dad, incredible. Uh, he, he is the best pastor that I've ever met, but he, he is not going to, and I will never receive it from him, any wisdom on how to fix a car or to build anything. Um, I, I, I love my dad, uh, but, but I didn't learn that. So you're not as excited as YouTube as I am. So, so here's the deal. So, so Katie was telling me that the fog light is out in her vehicle. So I'm like, I'm not stupid. Okay, for some of you, like, really, you need YouTube? So I opened up the hood and realized that that light requires a NASA degree or something that to get to get to it. Cars have changed. And to change a light bulb, you, you need a degree. And so I went to YouTube and found out I was going to have to disassemble half the car. And then I was like, all right, I will... I will put that task off to some other date that eventually she can live without a fog light for a while, come on. Uh, but no joke, this week, this didn't even have to, I mean, it wasn't planned because of the sermon. Uh, the, the faucet in our, in our bathroom, Katie's like, hey, water's gathering underneath my sink. I'm like, what's the big deal about that? I mean, put a bowl there, right? I mean, <laughs> I got a five gallon bucket. Don't worry, I'll go get one. No, no. So I'm like, all right. Well, I couldn't get the stupid thing off. I'm like trying to try to get the faucet. And so, you know, I'm underneath the sink. No joke. Underneath the sink. Thinking things. Perhaps maybe saying things that I will not say to you. But I'm just thinking and processing and, and looking. I go, well, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, YouTube. I'm preaching on this. And it helped. It works. There are things that you may not know how to do that it can help you do. And so some of you, that's your greatest gift. There you go. But... We can all admit that YouTube does not fix everything, okay? There's, there's deeper issues than fog lights and faucets. Uh, there's how are you gonna recover from something that, that you failed in? YouTube's not gonna be great for you on that. Uh, how do you have joy in life? Right? Well, YouTube might give you well, varying ideas on that. Uh, how to ha- be a disciplined person, H- how to have conversations with God. Some of us are like, yes, let's talk about that stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about. Is not what YouTube says, but what the Bible says, what I would even call life hacks. Life hacks about how to live life the way I think you want to. So all of us, every location, plug into this. Let's open up the first life hack of this whole series, Life Hack, How to Have Integrity. I wish everyone got this. (laughs) I wish our whole world had landed on, if I have nothing else but integrity, I'm good to go. Most of us would value integrity. Let me help you understand how much you value integrity. Think of someone in your life that does not have integrity, just for a moment, and now you're angry. Just proved it to you. Integrity matters. Integrity is a big deal. I would call integrity one of the most powerful things in life. Integrity, what you you actually do with your life, the integrity part of it. If you don't have it, you can wound a lot of people. You can break the closest ties in a relationship that you've ever had. You can push people so far away from you if you don't have integrity. You can lose job after job after job if you don't have integrity. You can distance yourself from everything that is good if you don't have integrity. And I would say even the worst of it, you and God will have major problems if you don't have integrity. Integrity is so powerful. But I would say many of us have no idea how to have it. we like, I want it. But we don't work at it. And if you don't know something about integrity, you have to work at it. It's something that you have to intentionally apply daily. You have to have a predetermined agenda that you're going to have integrity. Integrity is not just natural and easy. If so, there would be no lawsuits. (laughs) You would have no need for all of the uh, devices you have securing your home and your vehicle. Do you understand that integrity is that big of a deal? Can you imagine? Some of you still do this, by the way. Which you probably just stop. Never having to lock anything. Leave your keys in the car because everyone has integrity. Does that not just sound like a wonderful life? Uh, integrity is so powerful, though, that if broken, if neglected, it can cause a ton of damage in your own soul. And I would say in the lives of so many other people. In fact, when integrity breaks down, I'm going to show you just some of the first glimpses. Our wonder turns into worry. Now what I mean by by wonder, those things that you wonder about. Who are they texting? Where are they at? What did they just do on the computer? Wonder what that relationship is that he really has with that person that he works with. I wonder what my kid is really doing. Uh, See that wonder, that that thought process that I think every one of us has, it stirs up. You're like, I wonder what they're really meaning, what they're really saying, what they're really saying about me later on. uh, That wonder, if someone does not have integrity, that wonder is on its way to becoming worry. And the Bible teaches that worry will destroy you. And when I tell you how important integrity is, if you're like, David, you know what? I, I, I'm just living for myself. I understand this. But if you don't have integrity, you're destroying other people. And can we all, can we land there that other people matter? That the people around us, that, that we would say they're important people, that they matter? And if they matter enough to you, I mean, come on, as we've already had Mother's Day, now we're going into Father's Day and, and, and we're talking about, hey, these people matter to us. Can we, can we land on the fact that how we treat other people, it matters. How we actually live our own lives actually does impact others. I know that does not fit well with culture. Culture Culture's like, do what you want to do, when you want to do it. it, do it your way, whatever you believe, it's all you. That's not true, because I can prove it. I've seen enough marriages break and watch the kids just tumble. I've watched workplaces tumble. I've watched relationships blow up. I'm telling you, your life, my life, affects other people, whether you like to admit it or not. Integrity is a powerful gift to give people. I want to show you a story. The story sits in the Old Testament of the Bible and begins to highlight a guy named Samuel, now, Samuel was, well, he's multiple roles. Uh, he was a priest, a prophet, and a judge all at the same time. So if you think your life is stressful, uh-uh, Samuel's got gotcha. you. And, and he, was, he was put into that role by God. God had anointed him and said, you're going to be in, in charge. He was not a king, not a king, but he did lead the people of Israel. He led them. But there came a time that people were like, we want a king. So God's like, all right, Samuel, I want, I want you to appoint a king that will eventually become in, in charge of everybody. And Samuel led these people for years upon years upon years upon years, and then it comes time, he's like, all right, it's time to put the king in place. So Samuel puts Saul, the first king of Israel, in place. But he, before he does this, he, he does kind of like a closing speech. I mean, we have that nowadays, right? Right? When our president is about to leave office, there's typically the final speech. Uh, A lot of times the CEO will do that. Or they'll be like, all right, here's my last parting words. And I find it very fascinating what Samuel, who had led for so long, done so many incredible things, who who was the leader of these people, what his final words were, were about his final gift, his major gift, what he felt like he contributed. Let me show you what he feels like he contributed. First Samuel, then Samuel addressed all Israel. Watch this. I have done as you asked and given you a king. Your king is is now your leader. I stand here before you, old and gray-haired man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And my sons serve you. And I have served as your leader from the time I was a boy to this very day. So a while. Now testify against me in the presence of the Lord and before his anointed one. And he begins to say, here's what I gave you. Whose ox or donkey have I stolen? And some of you are like, That's a big deal, back then that was a big deal, okay? That was, have I ever cheated any of you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever taken a bribe and perverted justice? Tell me and I will make right whatever I have done wrong. Do you understand the danger in asking that to a crowd? And if you haven't followed yet, typically, technically, he is our version of a politician. Can you imagine a politician, as they're about to end their term, saying this to the public? Now watch. See, that's the most important thing he feels like he's offered. Do you catch that? Parting words And he's like, hey, I gave you integrity. And to amp the whole thing up, they offer a response. I'll show it to you. No, they replied, you have never cheated or oppressed us, and you have never taken even a single bribe. Samuel would say that one of the greatest gifts a leader can give anyone is integrity. And I think you agree with that. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room the strongest person in the room. You don't have to have the best grades or make the most money. You don't have to be a celebrity or the most well-known. But if you have integrity, oh, you've got something to offer. Think about the pain in your life. Could a lot of the pain in your life be removed if someone had integrity? Integrity is powerful. Now, now here's, here's the danger in talking about integrity. We have a bunch of different versions of it. <laughs> So let's talk about that for a little bit. I'll give you a definition of integrity. I think this will help us. Integrity is consistent truthfulness in all situations. I have made a purpose to make sure every word in this is intentional. The word consistent. Let's just sit there for a moment. Consistent. Not hmm, it seems right here. Consistent truthfulness. The actual truth consistently put forth in all situations. Do you need a moment with this just for a little bit? Dads, what if you gave this to your family? Well, let's just include everybody. If you're married, what if you gave this to your spouse? What if you gave this to your kids? What if you brought this to work with you and offered it to the people that you work with? What if you brought this to school? What if you brought this, not just for your own gain, but what if you brought this as a gift for other people? What if you live life in such a way because you value others, you're gonna bring consistent truthfulness in all situations. Now we live in a world that's pretty interesting, but it's not all entirely new. There's a a term called Machiavelli ethics. Now, I'm a nerd. I know what that's about, but let me help you understand Machiavelli ethics. Here is a phrase you may have heard that is attached to that. The ends justify the means. See, many of us are like, David, I get integrity, but there are some things where um, if you're you're going for the right goal, it doesn't matter how you get there. Got any friends who have said that, huh? (laughs) Or politicians who might have said, hey, I'm, I'm going to make some good decisions, so I just got to get to office, so it doesn't matter how I get to office. I was doing this for my kids. I love my kids, so the process, that's not important. I was doing this for my kids. The ends justify the means is, is messed up, okay? Okay? It's, it's, it's so messed up. It, it brings about this idea that the result is the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter who you step on, step over, who you hurt, or how you go through it. And most of us are like, yeah, I don't like that. But that's common nowadays. So you may be a person you're like, David, I, I think I've, I've got integrity pretty locked in. Some of you are like, I can't wait to share this message with that person. You've got to be careful with that. But, but listen, you might be okay with integrity. You might have some places in your life where you're like, you know what? I, I, I've been honest and truthful with my kids and my spouse and my friends at, at school and at work. I've, I've done pretty well. But here's what I've learned about life. And, and I'm, not, I'm not old, but I'm not incredibly young. I, I'm in the middle kind of right now. And what I would tell you is this, is everyone has vulnerabilities. Everyone. I have, you have, we all have vulnerabilities to the greatest things in life. That's how life works. There is an evil one. There is the devil. There are temptations. And I would tell you that every single one of us, whether how good we're doing right now, there are vulnerabilities that if you do not pay attention to them, they will become more than a vulnerability. They'll become a breakdown. So I want to isolate just a handful of vulnerabilities that I want you to pay attention to if you are a person who wants integrity in your life. Here's the first integrity vulnerability. If you overvalue other people's opinions. So like, so we shouldn't care what other people think? Mm, that's not true, I did not, reread that please. I did not say devalue or don't care. I said if you overvalue, if you overvalue other people's opinions, you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't do that. Mm, hold on. Some of us, the only reason we have social media is to find out what people think about us. Some of us are so concerned about what our coworkers are saying about us. Some of us wonder, is everybody happy? Because if everybody is happy, then I am happy. If your mood is drastically, consistently changed, when you learn that someone is not happy with you, you overvalue other people's opinions. If you make the wrong decision because of what the crowd tells you to make, you overvalue people's opinions. If you can't stand to have someone upset with you and you'll do anything and everything to resolve that in an unhealthy way, you overvalue people's opinions. And in our world nowadays, where I would say self-esteem is at an incredible low, some of us, overvalue what people think about us. What other people think has some validity, but it should not be your fuel. Let me show you in Galatians a little glimpse of of healthy. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. You notice it's a choice, right? One or the other. If, If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be a Christ, I would not be Christ's servant. Now you need to understand how powerful what he just said is. He's saying you either choose the value, God's approval or the approval of others. Which one do you value the most? And what I'm trying to help you understand, if you, if you overvalue other people's opinions, you're in danger of messing your whole life up, going the wrong direction. Let me summarize it with a different statement. Integrity is in danger. When you value someone's opinion of you over God's best for you. And you may be like, I'm new to this day, I don't know what God's best for me. Well, it's multiple things, but one I would say, one of the best things God wants for you is to be truthful. Is to actually own what is really going on. I'll ask you a question, are you in danger of letting other people determine your life? If you are, you're at risk of a breakdown in integrity. I don't think you want that, but that's just one of them. Let me show you another vulnerability. Uh, If you undervalue the full truth. Some of you will not like this. (laughs) Some of us think, well, there are certain situations in which partialed out truth is critical and necessary. Okay, let's apply that to parenting. Hey, son, what you told me was mostly true. Sounds cool with me. That's good. We're good. Hey, how are your grades? Oh, whatever you say is good. Sweet. Let's do that. See, you would not offer that to your children. You would not allow your children to offer you partial truth. You would not be cool with that. You would not be like, hey, yeah, I don't really know what's going on with my kids. I mean, they tell me most of the stuff, but I don't really know. You would not be okay with that. But when we become adults and we're out of our parents' home, we're like, yeah, that works. That's good. It's called risk management is what you're trying to do. It's what your kids do. It's where you think that if you give this section of truth but don't let all the other stuff go on, then maybe you can escape some things and manage risk. Perhaps you're in danger. I'm losing your integrity because you lie. <laughs> you wouldn't call it lying. Bible does. Proverbs chapter 12. The Lord detests lying lips. Let's go. He turns it positive. But he delights in those who tell the truth. See, many people ask me, how do I follow God? What's God's will for my life? I get asked that all the time. Could it be as simple as, well, you want to honor God? You want to please God? You want like that to go well? Tell the truth. You're like, but it sounds so simple. No, it's not. Grow up for a little bit, you'll learn. There are days you're like, I don't want to tell you what, everything that happened. I could lose. And fill in the blank. Do you often consider when we evaluate what we can lose if we tell the full truth, we never fill that blank in with integrity? I could lose my marriage. Yep, you could lose your integrity. I could lose popularity. Yeah, You could lose integrity. We never put the word integrity in that blank. When I would tell you it's one of the greatest gifts you could ever give another person. Let me show you another one. Yeah, there's a story behind this. If you overestimate what you can control on your own, you have an integrity vulnerability if you overestimate what you can control on your own. Your own. Have you ever drawn a line and be like, all right, David, I will not go past that line. I, I, here's, here's the line. And then later on, you're like, how did I cross that line? How did that happen? Many conversations I've had with folks where they're like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know how this happened, how this unfolded. I crossed the line, I didn't want to cross the line. I don't like, I don't like people who cross the line, but I crossed the line. Perhaps you overestimated what you can control where you're like, I'm just having one drink, and by the end of the night, you had a lot more than that. <laughs> or maybe you're like, oh, it's just flirting. That's all it is. But then you went further. Oh, it's just one test. I mean, I can bring the answers with me for this one test. This is a line. This is one test, but then it goes on further. Do you, uh, most of us overestimate where we can land and um, Hayden and I recently had a task at hand. Hayden's our, our, our oldest, and, and our grill died. Rest in peace. I mean, it was done. Yes, I had YouTubed it. Don't worry about that. And so uh, it was time to go to the dump. So, so we, we wheeled it threw it in the back of my vehicle, like just kind of like inched it up and just kind of slammed it in there. It wasn't that big of a problem. Got to the dump, and they're like, all right, go to that dumpster. We go to the dumpster. The problem is the dumpster's higher than the grill. All right, this is, this is gonna be more difficult. So we back up the vehicle, I back up the vehicle, and Hayden, I get out, he gets on one side, I get on the other, and we're just gonna kinda, like a table, shuffle this out and throw it in the dumpster. And I, I've got my grip, he's got his grip, and I look at my son and say, you got this Hayden? No answer. I'm trying to read him, like you got, you got a hold of it? You got a hold of it? No answer. He doesn't seem to have a problem yet, but there's just no answer. So I'm like, all right, we're gonna, I'm gonna count. I'm gonna count, and then we're gonna go. All right? One, two, three, and we go. And as soon as we lift up and out, I notice his sides sagging a bit. And then I see no need for words. I see it in his face. As it's turning red, and as I see a strain that you know this, where his life, I think in his head, he's like, "Am I going to die? Is this is this over? Is it going to be the end?" And I'll give you full disclosure: in our family, oftentimes this is where arguments start, and so we're like, "Dude, you got to lift, you got to lift it. We got it. We got to lift it." It's, and I can see the strain. I cannot imagine what it looked like. However, when two people come over and say, "Do we need help?" I understand it looked bad. When you're at the dump and other people try to assist you, you know that someone's videoing this. This is going on the internet. This is going to be bad. And these two guys come over, help us load the whole thing, throw it over. If you've ever had a similar experience, those guys walk away, Hey guys, thanks for your help. Thanks for your, maybe this is just guy talk. I felt like a loser. There was like this shame that just creeped in, going, we weren't strong enough. We just weren't strong enough. And, and there's something internally in me that like, feels like it's a failure. This day's a wash, we wasted it, we just, you feel this like we couldn't do it. And I reflected immediately to that. Because the amount of conversations that I've had and others have had, and we've talked about this before, where you thought you could handle it. And then after it was over, you realized you couldn't. And that shame sinks in. The devil does a good work with that. Because say, see, I told you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't resist. You're not as good as other people. Let me reword the whole question and ask it in a different way. Do you under, or Do you overestimate what you can say no to? Have you ever gotten yourself in a situation where you're like, I thought I could say no. I had pre-planned to say no. But the end result was you didn't say no to what you thought you'd say no to. And you now have a broke down integrity. You start to feel shame and you're wondering, why me? Why, why does the devil have it out just for me? And I would tell you, it's not, he's not just trying to get you. <laughs> Perhaps you overestimated your ability to say no, no. The Bible talks about that God does not tempt us, and also he provides a way out for every temptation. Did you know that? Here's the problem, many of us see the doorway that God makes open, we're like, no, I got this. I can continue to say no. And God's like, mm, no, the doorway is because you can't. I'm providing a way out for you because you are not gonna continue to say no. So what do we do? Ecclesiastes gives us some help here. Two people are better off than one. I tried this with the grill. Sometimes you need three or four. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Can I help you just with a a little bit? Oftentimes the doorway the way out that God is providing you from your temptation, you know what that doorway often looks like? People. Friends around you. People that care about you. Who are saying, hey, you shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I got this handled. Hey, maybe you should not have another drink. No, I'm fine. Hey, hey, you're kind of overly flirtatious with that person. I don't think your spouse would be cool with that. No, it's good. We're just friends. If you don't know what those things are called, those are ways out. That's what what God is providing. God, who loves you so much, is providing that way out. And many of us think, I got this handled. No, you don't. And if you don't have people around you, you're in major danger, because then God has got nobody to use to help you out. In fact, I would tell you, if someone doesn't know everything about you, you have a major problem up ahead. There needs to be at least someone in your life that knows it all. When I say all, you're like like all, like all knows it all. Let me give you one last one. Integrity vulnerability. If you underestimate the consequences, can we just call this parenting one-on-one? Can we just call this life one-on-one? See, many times we get ourselves in situations in which the integrity is completely broken down because we thought, well, if I do get caught, it's not going to be that bad. Or I'm going to be able to talk my way out of. Come on, some of you, your whole game plan when you get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Oh, did I just step too far into life? Are you like, whoa? Yeah, I know the pre-planned cry. And you're like, I I get that. And I've seen grown men cry. I'm like, you are not crying on purpose, man. And and see, some of us think that we know the consequences. We know everything that's going to play out. We know the dangers of it. We know how it's going to. So it's not going to be that bad. I mean, I've talked to the fellows at RCMU. Who sometimes are mad about the consequences they're facing because they don't think the consequences are fair. And I would offer back, maybe you just underestimated the consequences. But but for all of us, come on, sometimes the consequences are not jail time. Sometimes the consequences are not even a broken marriage. Have you ever thought about some of the consequences just being what's internally going on in your own soul and your mind? You know, one of the consequences of a breakdown in integrity is constant worry that you haven't covered all of your steps. You didn't delete the text conversation. You didn't delete the search history. She showed up at work and saw how you were interacting with others. How are you going to keep that from happening? You see, internally, when you have a breakdown in integrity, you're constantly making sure that the wrong people or the right people don't know or know what they need to know. Sometimes we don't think about the consequences being the deterioration of our own soul going on. That, yeah, sure, you may not have been found out, but internally, you're as dried up as it gets. The Bible helps us deal with this in Numbers but if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord. And you may be sure that your sin will find you out. See, I've talked with people like, no, I'm not getting caught, David. Then you're misreading this. Your sin will find you out. Meaning there may not be people here on earth who know. But that conversation with God I would not want that one. And let's just talk about how you know and what that does to you. Flip the positive consequences. Have you ever thought about consequences being positive? You should. There are consequences to every decision. There's good consequences to bad consequences. Good consequences about having integrity? That means I can hand any of you my phone and be like, hey, look at whatever you want to. You know what I love about my marriage is I'm not afraid for my wife to look at my computer, my phone. It doesn't matter. Look at it anytime you want. I love not thinking about that. Integrity is I'm not concerned about what my kids learn about me. There's no secret that my children, if they discover that it severs our relationship. Oh, I love that. (laughs) See, one of the beauties of integrity is not that how incredible life is, but it's the peace that you have. It's the lack of storms going on where you're like not worried about well, Do they know, what do they say, how's this working, is this relationship okay, what's good? No, you just have this peace. You're like, I'm cool, let's do life. One of the greatest consequences to integrity means you just get a breathe and the sunrise is a good thing, not a bad thing. So let's begin to land this with a very simple statement. We are accountable to the people we lead and love. And what I have found is this, is many of us don't agree with this. In fact, if you have a major vulnerability, in, integrity, in fact, if you've broken your integrity, you hate this statement. We are accountable to the people that we lead and love. I remember I've seen different, Charles Barkley one. hey, I'm not a role model, right? I'm saying he's wanting to surrender this kind of a statement. He's wanting to be done with me. Like, hey, I don't want want that accountability. All of us, no matter if you're a pastor or or a politician or or you're a stay-at-home parent, all of us are accountable to the people that we love. All of us are, whether you want to be or not. Because if you've ever seen someone lose their integrity, you see the other people respond to it. That shows you all of us are accountable to each other. And if you're freaked out about integrity, you're like, okay, I can never get to this. Let me tell you something about integrity that's so, so true. Integrity doesn't require perfection. Just, let's not read the whole thing yet. Just, just stay there for a second. <laughs> integrity doesn't require perfection, but it requires commitment and consistency. So if you've done something stupid, okay, let's get back to commitment and consistency. That's what integrity requires. So let me give you some life hacks that I've applied to my own life. I'll give you context first. There was a moment in my life where I am sitting with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Katie, and we had to face that we had not made godly decisions we had decided that we were gonna be pure and, and wait until we were married and we did not wait until we were married. And I remember learning that we were expecting our first child and we weren't married yet. And these were not the, this isn't what we wanted to do. This isn't the way that we wanted to do it. How do you get to a breakdown of integrity? How do you get back to a life of integrity? How do you get there? Well, one of the life hacks that I've learned is, is you immediately begin to make a list of what you should be doing. Even though you haven't done it, what should still play out? In fact, you know, I'll be open with you. Let me show you some of the lists that Katie and I made just after the moments learning that we would I would be resigning as, as a pastor and all that. This was years ago. Uh, one was we would get married. <laughs> we were in love and we were just delaying the commitment. Some of you? You've been dating for like 30 years, come on. You're living with each other, you've had kids together. What are you waiting for? Get back into line with integrity. What you're gonna teach your own kids. So Katie and I wrote on a list, get married. We would be committed parents. We were writing this down. This is a big deal to us. Katie would finish school. She was in college. And if you've ever tried to start a family while going to college, you get how incredible this is. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're going to finish what you started. I would be a pastor again. If I could find some place, some church willing to let me be a pastor, we would do it again. And one of the best ones I loved, there's no secrets between Katie and I. If you're in a mess, the way to get out of it is to lock in what should happen. Not what did, what should. And then apply the yes, no principle. Where what you say is what you mean, but even better than what you mean, what you say is what you do. Matthew presents this whole principle. And do not swear by your head You cannot make even one hair white or black and you can't make hair grow back. I just added that. Watch this, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So next steps. I don't know where you are with your integrity. I would start maybe with which vulnerability do you have? Maybe you've got more than one. I would draft a list by yourself or with your significant other, maybe even with your family. And then I would make sure that what you mean is what you actually do consistently, constantly on purpose. Our world needs more people with integrity and it is one of the greatest gifts you could ever offer any person you ever meet. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for letting us get together like this. God, we thank you for grace and mercy that that is powerful enough to cover any breach in integrity. God, I pray for those right now who have a major breach in their integrity. Relationships are at risk, jobs might be at risk, school might be at risk, something might be at risk. God, would you help anyone facing that? Know that you have available grace and mercy. And God, that you would walk with them and give them the power to get back to a life of truthfulness. God, I pray for all of the dads. Will you please help us value integrity, giving it as a gift to our family? God, I promise you on behalf of this church that what we say we're going to do, we're going to do it. And when any of us mess up, God, we will take your lessons of grace and mercy and truth and apply it. We love you so much. You are so good. We pray this in your name. Amen.